this away tonight I thought about brother Johnny and sister Janice you know you're you know you're feeling your you're feeling your oats you're feeling your your uh, years on you when you know that you're gonna go to a church the man's been a pastor for several years and you recall that you were there the night that they prayed through you recall that when they were in the altar the message that went out to reach them you recall when the pastor's wife's hair was just, you know, short, and the, and Brother Johnny was uh, lost, and the Lord reached in for him, and the Lord saved him. And I tell you what, I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I was there. We prayed Johnny, Brother Johnny and Sister Janice through, and uh, count it to be an honor here to be here tonight. And uh, say this with no, no intent of jealousy in anyone's heart. But and I know I'm young enough to be their grandson, but I can honestly say that, uh, you know, Sister Irene, I've loved her for years. One beautiful woman. And uh, really, I didn't know, you know, you, you remove yourself and you're gone for several years and you just kind of wonder, are they still living? Are they still among the living? Are they still going to church? Are they in a rest home? What about them? What about them? What? You come in and you turn around and you count them. There's Sister Irene. I thought, what a beautiful woman. What a marker. What a stone. What a root. What a fence post. What a post that the string's been tight through the years. Sister Irene, I'm glad to see you tonight. I, I love you. You see Sister Colleen. And, you know, I wondered at one time when we went clear uh, to Ohio and been there for 10 years, you just wonder, well, well when you come back, and, and if you go to a camp meeting, will you ever see them again? Will, will they still be around? You come, it's Sister Colleen. You know, she didn't see her with a cane the last time I seen her. Even though she's got a cane, uh, that's okay. I'm glad to see you tonight, Sister Colleen. Yes, Hear about a little mishap about you, but I'm glad that the Lord saw you through and you're here tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. Right. When come tonight, and I left Marble City one time, there's another woman that looked like uh, a passerby or just looked like someone that lived in the community 
Looked at her tonight and didn't know her. And they said, that's Dorothy Kirk. I thought, wow, the Lord can make a change. And I'm glad to see Sister Dorothy Kirk. Me yeah. and Wayne and Andy have yeah. prayed for Dorothy Kirk. Brother Tommy's church for years. Sister Andrea sat on the front seat. Brother Tommy, remember mom, Mommy and Daddy. Remember Dad and Mama. Remember Mom and Daddy. For years we prayed for Dorothy Kirk. Come in tonight and I see Sister Dorothy Kirk sitting on the second seat from the yeah. front worshiping the Lord. We prayed for years for her. Hallelujah. Well, they start the service and there's another young man comes to the front clean shaven. Clean shaven, testifies about being saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was just trying to process of elimination who his wife was, but you know, I deduced that. And you think, well, we prayed for Daryl Wayne for years. Yeah. Sister Colleen would say, remember my son, he's out in sin. Remember my son. And it was just a consistent, remember my boy. Remember my baby. Remember my boy. Come to church tonight. And you know, you think someone's going, you think this, the bearded guy that I used to know is now taking the pulpit and saying, turn your page, glory to God, let's get in, let's have service. And his name's Daryl Wayne Rogers, the one that I knew out in sin times. God has moved, conviction, brought him in, saved him, sanctified him, cleaned him up, giving him the Holy Ghost. Here he is sitting on, and, and brother, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. Hallelujah. You know, older you get, older, older you get in life, more you realize that, uh, you know, you go to funerals, you, uh, you see things change, you, you don't like things to change, but life is full of cycles, and life is full of changes. You don't like the way things are tonight? Stick around. They're, they're going to change. They might change for the worse, then yet again, they might change for the better. You don't like how things are done in the city of Salisbury? Stick around. They just might change. Well, you don't like the weather? It's a little bit too warm. It's a little bit too balmy. It's a little bit too cold. Stick around. It's going to change. It's going to change. Hallelujah. As we buried, uh, you know, Every time I came to South Oklahoma, every, for the last 39 years and four months, I've always stayed at Aunt Grace's. She's always hugged me and gave me a little sugar, and she was always that support. Well, this time, there's no more Aunt Grace. That part of my life is gone. Things change. They change. And you've got to be mature enough in the Lord, and you've got to be disciplined that when change comes, you can't be blown over like something in the wind. You've got to be prepared for change. Because sometimes the Lord changes things for the better and we grow. Then sometimes the enemy comes and changes things to destroy us. Is that okay? So in the Bible, in the 8th chapter of Genesis, the last verse, Noah had just disembarked from the ark. All the animals were out, and Noah had walked out, and the Lord had been communing with Noah. And the 8th chapter of the book of Genesis, the 22nd verse, the Lord made not only 
Noah a promise. But the Lord made mankind, the Lord made every sinner, and the Lord made every saint of God a promise. And he said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. If you would stretch your hand toward me at the pulpit and pray that the few minutes I spend with you tonight, that the Lord would use me and bless me tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we've got the opportunity to be here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for this group of people that's gathered tonight. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would anoint your word, your undefiled word, God, been handed down through the generations. Lord, bless this gathering. Anoint your word, Lord, and, and touch those tonight that need to be touched. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, he gave us a promise that while the earth remaineth, while the earth remain, and while there's humans here on earth, while there's people, while there are us, while we're down here, there are some things that's going to remain. And uh, the cold and heat, the summer and winter, and day and night. These three things, some is temperature, and some is a, a very a temporal item that the agenda changes in a 12-hour period. And there is more of a, a long time something that is a an endurance out of these three things but they all revolve around the seasons they terminate in a 12-month period and with the seed time and harvest they fit into this bracket of summer and winter through the summer and winter there's day and night and then through the day and night there's hot and cold Hallelujah. Bear with me. I'll uh, see what I can wring out of this. I, I've never preached on this verse, but I've been studying it now for six months, praying about it. So this is going to be the first time that I'm going to tackle it here at, at your church. Hallelujah. Lord's met with me several times while I've prayed about it, but hallelujah. The cold and heat. The main thing that I would like to share with you tonight is seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. What we seed and what we plant, we're going to reap the harvest. We're going to reap a harvest. You're going to reap a harvest. The sinner man is going to reap the harvest. Yes? Your pastor of this little church is going to reap a harvest. Every mother in this church is going to reap a harvest. Grandma Colleen's going to reap a harvest. Great-grandma Irene is going to reap a harvest. We're going to reap what we sow. In a, a day and night setting, it's very short term. You get up in the morning, the sun appears in the eastern sky. And if you're faithful and you're consistent, at the end of that given day, you're going to see nighttime. And on a short-term basis, you're going to reap what you've done that day. 
If you sleep in bed to 10.30 in the morning, you will get a backache or a neckache or a headache. Hallelujah. You overeat and you will see the results of your overeating that day. Yes. And if you go to work and clock in and put your eight hours in, you will know and calculate easily if you work by the hour that you have earned your pay for that day. And that is something that's just tangible that you can reach out. Sometimes on a day and night basis, the enemy comes in and he would like to disrupt your Christian life and attack you on a basis of a day that there are temporal temptations that are very short fused and they last a short shortness that the enemy would like to come in a very temporal setting and try to seed you that is just going to be it's going to end at three or four o'clock. Then the Lord said uh, in the summer and in the winter. Sometimes we don't know, but the seeds that we sow, we sow those seeds. We forget about those seeds that are in the soil, that's in our Christian life, and they go dormant, but you're responsible for every seed that you sowed. Every seed. You sowed it while you were a boy, or before you were married, or after you were married, or while you pastored this church, you are responsible. Now in our, in our insurance liability, in our court systems, no one takes responsibility. They feel like they're a victim. I'm a victim. The coffee fell on my lap. I should have had a 20-point check list that I should have had private training about my burnt leg or whatever. No one takes responsibility. But Jesus said that every deed that's done in the body, now the body, we're going to be held account responsible. Hallelujah. There was some seed found in an, in an Egyptian, uh, an Egyptian uh, burial plot that was uh, rated at four to 5,000 years old seeds that were stored. Seeds that were placed and they, these archaeologists dug. They had foundings of some seed. So they, they planted these seeds. And out of these seeds came a crop of some vegetables, some yearly vegetables. Those seeds were in there for 5,000 years, but they were dormant. Nevertheless, they were seeds. They weren't used, but they were capable of being activated when properly dispersed in the ground, watered, and they produced some vegetables. Glory to God. So... In our Christian experience, let me tell you, we have an endangered species. We have somewhat of an endangered species among our churches of good sowers. Good sowers. You can find sowers a dime a dozen that sow the wrong type of seed. The people that sow accordingly will reap accordingly. Am I okay? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Seeds that we plant now will be beneficial or they will hurt us. 
Seeds that we buy on the open market, seeds that we keep, and our children take notice of the type of seeds that we deal in affect their thought process of how, what we're going to plant. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Seeds, 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 seeds. Seeds are being planted. 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 But there's going to be a harvest one day and God, it's, it's not going to be Brother Johnny and it's not going to be the other preacher down the street or down in the other state or across the Mississippi River. It's not going to be some politician. But you know, we're going to have the expert of experts of experts. And he is going to take a harvest and he's going to know every motivational aspect of your heart, the seed that you sowed. We always put things off. Well, God's going to judge us one day. We're going to be held accountable. God's going to judge us one day when we die, we go. But in this text, I'd like to tell you that there is going to be a harvest that you will see before you cross over the other side. Seeds that we plant will create love and fellowship in a church. Hallelujah. Seeds that we plant will create a good name in the community. Seeds that we plant will create someone of being able to call you a friend. Seeds that we plant, we water, we grow, they take root. And if they are wrong seeds and they take root and we see the devil tricked us and this is not good in my life, you need to have a shovel and a hole and go out into your field because what takes root in your field and takes root in your vegetable garden, if you don't get that out of your garden, it will defile not only you, but it will can and possibly defile more than you. It yeah. could defile your family. Yeah, now, sometimes it does not stop in your family. It goes a little bit further and it just sometimes multiplies and kind of spreads and it kind of seeds out and other people takes note and he sure is a good fellow and I've watched his life and he does this and and then before you know it you've affected other people and people in the church sow seeds like you do but you're going to reap what you sow you're going to reap what you sow the Bible said in Matthew the 13th chapter the third verse behold a sower went forth to sow and when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. Forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them out. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. 
Glory to God. I would like to be found sowing good seed. Uh, several years ago, the Lord uh, had dealt with my heart. I, I went to the university for one year. I learned a foreign language, uh, Russian by, uh, by dialect, bought some tickets, and we went over into uh, the former Soviet Union, Kiev, Ukraine, and since then we've been over there eight times. And uh, I, would like to be, I would like to be judged at the judgment that I've sowed good seed. Good seed. Good seed that's not defiled. Good seed that, that, that's blameless. Good seed that's got a report. And you've got, to, you've got to keep sowing. Winds of adversity are going to blow against you. No matter that the wind comes from the west or if the wind comes from the east or if the wind does not even blow at all and it rains and washes the seed out, You've got to be consistent, and you've got to plant seed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can worship in your church all your life under one roof, and things can be swept away, and things can come, and you have to prepare yourself for change and be determined. God does not dwell in one building, in one state, in one county, in one community. God's Spirit is omnipotent and it is under no private interpretation Amen. you do not possess the holy god holy spirit the holy ghost of god god is omnipotent and he's sovereign he moves and comes and goes as he pleases that is right that is right and for the life of me i could not be a judge and send everyone to hell that does not believe like me I could not send every movement from Kansas City to Indianapolis to uh, uh, down in uh, Georgia, Springfield, Missouri. I could not send these organizations to hell. I couldn't do it. I'm not ordained to be their judge. The, 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 uh, the thing that our country was caught up with just recently, I was appalled. I was shocked. My mouth dropped open this big when the verdict was handed down. Yeah, not guilty. And I thought, oh, Lord, this is another sign that our country is calling right wrong and wrong is right. I never thought I would see the day that wrong would be right. That if you think abortion is wrong and murder, you're wrong. If you think abortion is the right thing to do, then you are wrong and you are not correct in society. When you feel that the homosexuals and gays should be allowed to teach your children in public schools, you are wrong because you are not with the society. You are, you are wrong. You are wrong. You are wrong. You are the minority. So we've got abortion and the gay community. Now, back home, they're talking about legalizing marijuana. Uh, Mrs. Elders, the black attorney general that was in Washington, D.C., wanted to legalize drugs. The Bible, I would never have thought that, the, that how could wrong ever be called right and right would be called wrong. But we're living in the day that the things not only that the church has preached against for years, now even people outside the church that don't even hold these concepts true like the church does, they say, what is going on? On the nation as a whole, we are seeding and we are going to reap the harvest. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In one of the textbooks that we read, there was a, a, a question that was presented to high school children, and it read, if you were feeling depressed and discouraged, how would you commit suicide? Would you A, use a gun? Would you B, take sleeping pills? Or C, would you slit your wrists? Now, this was a choice given to high school students, and A, B, or C. Well, we know the answer is a big X across all, all the answers that are wrong, but our society is sowing seeds. Our society is sowing seeds, and we are reaping it on the national level. We are reaping it up on the national level. It comes down to the states. It comes down to the community. The devil sows his seeds in such realms. There's so many levels that the devil sows seeds in. He sows seeds in the political arena. He sows seeds of being caught up. It's like the Roman Empire. You want to read the crime section? Don't go to front page. You want to read how bad crime is? Don't, don't go to the courthouse. You want to read how bad crime is? You pick up your sports page, which I do not read. I don't pick them up. But a minister gave me a sports page, and he said, read this. Hero football player beats abuse and beats his wife up. Hero football player abuses child. Hero football, a basketball player overdose, kills himself. The crime is taking the sports. We are sowing seeds. Hallelujah. Well, we're not really disturbed with that level. But down, down where we live, down your avenue, down the street where you live, there's seeds being sown. You've seen the harvest. You will see the harvest one day. But you'll have to keep your own vineyard. You will be responsible for your own field. Here's some good seeds that you can sow, which is an endangered, endangered species of a sower. is seeds of tolerance, seeds of forbearance, Seeds of long-suffering. Hmm, is that okay? Yes. Seeds of love and compassion. Seeds of showing yourself a friend. Good seeds. Good seeds. Good seeds. I've, I've practiced of late in the last few years if I really, really like someone and really, really like someone and really, really like someone, you know, I want to go up and hug their neck and say, I love you, God bless you all, you're wonderful, you're wonderful, I just think you're the world's greatest, you know. We don't have a problem with that. I don't. But sometimes there are those personalities in your life that uh, grace your door, church doorsteps, that they're cold, sometimes they're uh, uncaring, but you know, sowing a good seed, you keep sowing to them, God bless you. A shake hand. Go across the church and shake their hand. Tell them, I've been praying for you. Uh, I've been holding you up in prayer. Throw me seeds out. You know, I enjoyed your testimony. I, a preacher, a pastor, loves to be sometimes, most times, all the times. A pastor likes to be told once in a while, sure enjoyed that message tonight, pastor. 
Oh, brother, brother, pastor, you sure preached good tonight. You preached good tonight. Oh, I, I just, I love you tonight, pastor. Sowing good seeds, sowing good seeds. This spring, I had a, a corn patch behind our house. We got a, a plow. We disked it up and uh, turned it, turned it over. And I, I rented the tractor and uh, rented a tiller. The ground was crusty, and it was the uh, you could get a quarter, a pencil and drop it, it would go in the cracks. And uh, I had in the times past got seed, as foolish as I was, I'd go out with the seeds and sprinkle the seed and sprinkle it and go out, and I didn't want to pay the cost. I didn't want to spend the money. I didn't want to take the time. I didn't want to take the time. So I thought I'd do it the easy way, and I, I spent as more, I did the, the economical way, don't prep the soil, just throw the seed. Well, it never did get the job done. So I rented a tractor and, and had someone to trailer it over and had them rent the, the, the tiller and I had to pay the diesel. And, and, uh, and I had it for 24 hours and I rented it at 4 o'clock after work. And I went out and I went, did the whole acre of ground. And that ground was so hard. The, my tractor just bounced for the first time. I went across the acre, just bounced. It just bounced and bounced and bounced. I thought, oh, this is impossible. I'll never get anything grown. I went in, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. Got off the tractor, and I picked up these crumps of, of clods. The, the soil was hard, and it was about an hour and a half, 5.30. So I said, well, I'm going to go across it again. And went over, and it was just, you know, just kind of vibrating. And went over the whole acre again and got off the tractor. These crumbs were down like, you know, smaller, and I, I was encouraged. I thought, boy, this soil's, you know, a little patience here. I'm kind of getting the soil down uh, better. So got on the tractor again and went, and it's kind of like a Volkswagen. You know, it's just doing, doing pretty good, and tilled the soil and got the soil, and got off, soil's down marble size. But, you know, I wonder if I, if I, this was 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, it getting dark. I thought, man, I got 200 pounds of Kentucky bluegrass seed to plant. And it was supposed to rain just shortly. But I'm going to plow this field one more time. Got on the tractor. The soil was so loosened up. The tractor was running smoother. The tractor was going faster. Dirt, dirt and sand was mixing. And I looked and it looked like icing, a red velvet cake with white icing. I looked behind the tractor and the, the dirt was so smooth and I got down and a sense of wellness came over me. Uh, oh, this looks so good. I got off the tractor, which was four hours before, was hard and the dirt was, uh, was crusty and it was like a bacon desert. I got off the tractor and then I got off and I sunk in about two or three inches. I set another foot and I sucked in the soil a bit more. And I walked around and I was leaving footprints in my red velvet icing that I'd just done for the last four hours. I left my footprints. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You get the soil turned up good enough, you get it plowed up, you pay the price. If you can get the dirt turned up, get the wheat torn up, get the soil prepped, then you can receive the seed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, 
I went and got the seed and, and put it in the, uh, the, the sh shredder spreader. And I started spreading. Well, it was dark by now, and I thought I could do it, and I was getting lost in the sacred because I wanted, I wanted the rows to be right. So I thought, well, I'm going to get my pickup, turn the lights on. So I went and got my pickup, turned it to the corner of the lot, and uh, shined it this way. Had a bag full of seed. This time it was 10 o'clock, dark. The wind got up, was blowing, and pickup was behind me, shining in front of me. And I had the seed in my spreader. We're going to reap what we sow. You're going to reap it. 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 You live for God. You come down to die. You're going to have a safe crossing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I'm spreading. I got the light behind me and the wind's blowing. And if you've ever spread at night, it's, it's an unusual sight. Blackness everywhere. You're in the focal point of a light shining, and you're spreading these little microscopic seeds that are just spreading around. And you see the seeds are flying out over to God, spreading. Well, as soon as I turned around and faced the light, I got blinded. I was cranking out just like I did before. And human nature, you can't see what you're doing if you can't, if you feel, if you feel, if you feel, and I know we don't go by feeling, do we? But if you feel like you can't see anything happening, you just start doubting and you have to stop. So, I'm the light blinding me. And, and all of a sudden, there's nothing coming out. Because the light's there. I'm flooded with light. So I stop, turn back around, and go this way. And I see all the speckles of seed going everywhere. Glory to God, it's working. I turn around, get back in the light, and I start spreading my spreader again. And the light blinds me, and I can't see it. So, sometimes, church, you just spread the seed by faith. You spread it by faith. When everyone else says it's not going good and people are spreading doubts and lies and confusion and spirits from every corner come in, clouds your mind and sometimes you feel like, i just got to take this spreader off, throw it away and just do without and let the dirt come, let the wind come in and blow my dirt and who cares? Yes. I care because one day we're going to reap a harvest. Glory to God. So you keep on sowing. When the light blinds you and when the wind blows, glory to God. You just keep on going to church. When church comes, you just keep on going to church. When the phone rings and you're on a party line or when you go to the grocery store at Walmart, sometimes you get goosebumps on your back, not good ones, bad ones. You just keep sowing. Glory to God. You keep sowing good seed. Hallelujah. Because one day you're going to reap a harvest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The seeds that we plant will come. They do come. We're going to reap them, aren't we? I grew up in, a, uh, in the farm out in California, and our dad had a vineyard, and 
One thing I'll never forget. We planted our vineyards by roots. We cut the vine off. We stuck them in the ground every seven feet, and we had to properly water them through irrigation. And then you had to water them and baby them. But in the vineyard, the Bible said in the book of John, I am the vine, I'm the true vine. Hallelujah. My father's the husbandman. Yes. Hallelujah. I'm the vine. Well, I remember as a strong boy, there was some, sometimes vines would grow, go die, and if the next spot, they were like soldiers, they were columns. If you had a good, strong, healthy vine that came up and it had a long vine, you could pull the long vine, wrap it down and go six foot over, dig a hole, bring the vine on the ground, and start it up. And it feeds off of the main vine. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. As a little boy, I remember that, you know, in a childlike mind, you, you, you describe things to yourself. But I always call it out in the finger, there was grandpa, it was grandpa, it was father, there was son. This big vine that had an arm sticking, it had a vine thick that came over, angled down and went rooted down and came up. And a healthy middle-aged, kind of like me, young middle-aged, came up and it had a vine. It went out. And then over here, it had a little smaller vine and it goes down and it goes down and it came over. It went in the soil and it came up. And a small boy, I've always had this pictured in my mind. Big vine, medium vine, little vine. Oh, you're going to sow and people are going to watch hard. They say that in your lifetime, you are going to impress. You are going to be an I, uh, you are going to impress and you are going to have at least affect very strongly seven people that will closely be like you, want to be like you, and would want to pattern after you from 1971, 83, 88, 91, 95. Your lifespan, they say on the average, seven people. There's been people that I've went to church with Sister Colleen. I thought, man, I'd like to be like them. Get up and testify and, and talk about their experiences. And I'd like to be like them. I'd like to be like them. So you know what, Brother Dell? Is when you write through a carbon paper, you get your pencil out, and then when you go and get something, have carbon beneath it, and get your pencil and you write, press hard, because you're going to go through some carbon. In your lifetime, now that you're serving God, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, all excited, someone said, oh, helping God, helping God, it just excites me tonight to see you. Press hard, because now that you're in a church, you're impressionable to someone. You are going to get someone to follow after you. Man, I'd like to be like Daryl Wayne, leading, leading song service. Let's get in, saints. Let's get in. Let's get in. You've got, a, just like me, you've got a lot of years ahead of you. You're going to impress someone by word, by deed. If you don't ever say anything verbally, the way you live, the way you conduct yourself, when something comes up, oh, by the way, did you hear, did it? And you jump in, and if you are known as a whatever that would be negative, you can impress people. So when you live, get your pencil and press hard because you're going through several carbon copies. Hallelujah. There's been people down through the years, Sister Irene, that has made an impression on me. 
has made him pray. Like that vine in the field, the big vine came and gave strength to the other one. Then, a few years later, they got this vine and went over to the next one. And it supplied the strength of life for that one. People are watching us. I, I would never believe, you would never believe. People that you think don't even like you, people that you think don't even know you, people that you don't even know, that you've never seen, that does not eliminate the fact that they do know you, that they have seen you, and people will come up to you and say things. I've watched you. I heard that you did, and I appreciate that. Brother Johnny, you preached a message. You said a good thing, and they watch you. We're constantly sowing. The good thing about it is we're going to reap the harvest. And I'm not ashamed to say one day I'm going to reap the harvest, what I've sown. And what kind of harvest do you want to reap, Everett? Well, number one, hallelujah. I've got three children. They've all got the blessings in their life. I've got a, a beautiful wife. I've got a good, good, good family. I've got a good church. And uh, I didn't wake up and have a home and have furniture and have children and have a church and have a place in the church with respect. And it, it happened on a, on a consistent basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis. Sowing, 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 sowing. When you didn't feel like sowing, you kept on sowing. You didn't feel like going to church. You kept sowing. When you didn't feel like going to camp meeting, you kept on sowing. When was wind was blowing and you had to spread and you couldn't see the seed, you were going against the lights of the truck and the lights were shining up against you. You didn't feel like coming to church. The devil would land on your shoulder and say, well, look at it here. Look at your condition now. Look what the Lord's done to you. He's brought you down. He gave you a cane in your last days. Now you can barely hobble into the house of God. This is what kind of God you're serving. You say, no, devil, take me. No, I'm a sowing it because one day, what if I be on a crutch? If they have to bring me in a wheelchair in the house of God, hallelujah, when they roll my body down the aisle in a coffin, I will have sold. I will have sold, and one day we're going to reap the harvest. And I like to be around. Yes, sir, Brother Johnny, I want to reap a good harvest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the thing about it is, I can't really give you a bad or good harvest. You're responsible for your own harvest. Boys, we're responsible. I say that loosely. How old happens somewhere between 18 and 25. But I have learned maturity does not come with age. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Spiritual maturity does not come. Well, he reached 21. He can drive. He's got the ability to vote. He can go to the armed forces. He is mature. Mark it down. Here's the sign. I am mature. Glory to God. No, sir. No, sir. Spiritual maturity will give you forbearance, long-suffering, patience. Prove every work. Prove every good thing. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I've got, I've got a field. And I'm trying. I am trying to keep it, 
keep the weeds out. I really am. But you know, sometimes I, I can really understand. Now, I've got children. So now, I now look at things. I've got three teenagers. And it is really easy to be critical when you have nothing to lose. Hello? It is really easy to judge other people when you have no effect in your judgment. Now, is that okay? Now, okay, I know, I know the Bible, the parable said, let's go out and clean all the weeds. Let's get the weeds. Let's get the weeds. And the Lord said, hold it. Stop. Take out the weeds. What else is going to take? What else is going to take place? Well, when you throw out the weeds, when you throw out the weeds, you're going to get some people that aren't mature. You're going to get some people that maybe it might be whatever the wheat is going to go up. And I thought, I can clearly, I can clearly see some things that, that you just go, ouch, ouch, ouch. But I'm not, God didn't bless me to be judge of man. God did not bless me. You, you are 20 years, 20 years, 20, your verdict is 20 years, seven years of parole of not fellowshipping in the holiness movement. Well, we don't do verdicts like that verbally, but we emotionally and mentally judge people, give them a verdict, out the door! Oh, yes. Well, when my children sitting around our, our dinner table, you know there's people in, in our church. We have a large church. It's, it's quite large, and things are delegated and administered different than out west, out west. And uh, it's a little bit different. And the children will come home and we're at the table and we, and we talk. And they talk as a young person. They talk as someone that's in a brand new book and they've got just, they're working on the first page of a book. Well, as parents, you've got the same book and you're somewhere down here in the S's, T's, or W's. You've already went through A, B, C, D, and F. And you're over and you see that they're, they're tender, they're young, and they don't understand. Well, it'd be real easy, it'd be real easy to get a hatchet and to start cutting away on things. But no, I want to sow seed to my children because I want to reap a good harvest. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I would like to reap a beautiful and bounteous harvest. I would like to sow positive seeds, yes. not Zig Ziglar seeds, but sow right. positive seeds. We, uh, we, we didn't do this because we weren't taught. But when, when our friends go through a trial, our friends uh, have a friend that dies or a friend uh, is in the hospital, we have a policy that we send them cards or we send them flowers or we go to their house, or we call them up. That's nothing big. That is nothing. Anyone can do it. Everyone's a candidate. But unless you, and if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then you need to start doing it. And that's just one small thing. Showing that when you get sick and you're down and out, hey, if you sow good things when you were, when you were healthy 
And when you were in lie, lie, fire in the house of God, and someone was sick and you sold them cards, or you picked up the phone, hey, how you been doing? I've been concerned about you. I know you've been sick. Are hey, you going to make it to church? Uh -huh. Do you need a ride? But you don't do that, and then you're down and sick, and you fall on your back, and you look at the phone, and no one calls you. You go to the mailbox, and no one sends you a card, and you wonder, well, I'm reaping my harvest, because when I knew when my friends were down, I never do it under them, and now I need it, but no one does it to me, because I'm reaping my harvest. And it goes like that about in everything in church. Yes, sir. If you get up and testify, if you get up, if, if people get up and testify, and they go, Hallelujah, I'm happy to be saved. And everyone gets up in church and they back to God as a testifying glory to God. And when you, and except you, but when you get up and you testify and you look in your rearview mirror and no one's up standing up with you and you begin to wonder, the thing about it is you're reaping your harvest. When other people are putting in and giving in the house of God, you're not scotching for them or you're not behind them or you're not oppressing for them. You reap what you're sowing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad for the Lord tonight, aren't you? Hallelujah. In, in closing, and I'll let you go, and I tell Brother Donnie I appreciate him letting us take his pulpit for these few minutes, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave something with you, and uh, if you shoot me, you shoot me. You have to bury me before I get home, but that's okay, because you can't shoot anybody that you love, and I, I know you all love me here. But, but... Uh, in the in the Russian quarters in the Ukrainian country, there's millions of people. This great gospel is not confined to one movement, and it's not confined to one church in Scottsdale, Arizona, or under one roof. And when you begin to isolate God, now I want you to listen to me, okay? Listen to me. When you isolate God, there's how many billions are there on earth? When you isolate God, you come into an area of pure conceit and greediness when you say God only moves for us or anybody else that thinks this. Anybody. God can only move through our preacher, our people, our church, our whatever. There are people that give their life. I have met people that have been in prison for preaching the gospel. I have met people in Russia that have been in prison, been in the Siberia for preaching, for pre just for preaching. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Now, I can speak about America because I've lived here. I'm a citizen of the USA. I had to get a passport to go over there. Now, I'm going to ask you something. It doesn't, I want you to listen to me. It doesn't matter what kind of seeds are sown that can affect a church or an individual. The ultimate result of a bad seed, the bottom line, is to destroy an individual or a church. To destroy your experience or to destroy your preacher or to destroy your church. Now. I'm going to ask you, Brother Johnny, I'm just real loose here, real informal. I'm going to ask you three questions, okay? And I'm not going to intimidate you about these three questions about Ukraine because you've never been over there as far as I know. So, you know, we didn't prearrange this, but 
churches over there have their own, they've really came a time where people begin drawing lines, breaking fellowship, hurtful things, and uh, one of them was they divided over being registered or unregistered. Now, could you elaborate on that for about an hour? Being registered or unregistered? Well, I can ask you this. Are you registered or unregistered with the state of Oklahoma here in your church? Like me, I was not even introduced to that. I thought, big what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Registered or Well, join, join the crowd. After going over there, they, churches in the Ukraine were... The devil used that as a seed to cause division over being registered with the state or not being registered with the state. Our church is incorp our church in Dayton, Ohio, is incorporated as an entity with the with the state of o o it's stamped with the state of Ohio as a pastor, chairman board, and a deacon board. So I would say our church is registered. I've been 38 years old and I've never heard of such. Well, here's here's one one more. Churches wanting to take control of uh, a family's household, how they're going to populate in, the, in a family, how many children they should have. And they, they decide not to worship or split over that. The other one that they're dividing over is head coverings. These are three. And I don't want to bore you. I'm going to sit down. Head coverings. Head covering, which means, I call them blankets, but that's really being tactful on my part. Women wear, you know, like hang, not handkerchiefs, these dainty, Sister Janice, you know what I'm talking about? Headscarf. They all wear a headscarf. The church, it's, a, it's a really being under subjection, really being under subjection to the house of God, being under subjection to the men, being under subjection in the church. Some, some of the churches want to come, in, come out of that, that, that bondage of, of a headscarf. It's not important to me if you have a headscarf or not. It doesn't matter if the headscarf is stacked up three inches or two and a half inches or four inches above the scalp or if the head covering is covering what isn't just where the bump is or whatever. But what's important to me is when you take the headscarf off, have have you kept the scissors out of your hair? Is it still long? When you shout it down, does it look uncut? But you see how the devil can seed and you think, Everett, you're just making this up. No. You get you a you get a ticket with me, get your passport. And I came home. When you remove yourself from a country and you fly the friendly blue skies of Delta or Aeroflot, whatever, across the Atlantic Ocean. And you, you think, you think, you leave, you leave one set of problems in a church or in a fellowship of churches and say, well, you know, this is right, this group's right, no, this group is right, and that pastor, he did right, but he did wrong. And you go over and you think, and you, you go to another country, 
and you, you land and you get involved, and I didn't find this out on the first or second trip, but you eventually get in, why, 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 and you get, begin to fill these things out. Those things are foreign to us, but you know, they're seeds of division. They're seeds of division. And you look at it and you think, you know, no matter who's out there seeding, you're going to reap the harvest. And any more, any more, any more, you think, Lord, when you come back to earth again, I want to have a clean garden. I want to have my heart pure. I want to have a clear conscience before God and man. Amen. Amen. And what people, what people say about me don't go on my record. And it took me a long time to understand that. It took me a long time. Whoever, the higher up, the average, the lower down, Whoever, it, it took me a long time. It doesn't matter what people say about you. You've got to be mature enough to accept that. You've got to be mature enough and disciplined. No matter how much I love you or no matter what, if you've got a personal conflict about with me or with them or whatever, you've got to realize I'm mature enough that what you say goes on your record. Because it doesn't stop there. If you follow it through that person that says it on you, if you watch them, they have something else to say about someone else. And it goes on their record. So let me tell you tonight in closing, God bless you, and I am so happy to see every one of you, Sister Colleen, Sister Janice, on and on and on, Brother Mark, and all the way up to Brother, Brother Darrell and his, his, his precious wife, Brother Paul, Brother Alvy. And uh, sometime, and it's been 10 years since been in the, this, you know, out here, 10 or 11 years. And Brother Johnny used to have, you know, a more of a younger face, you know. And now it's more of a, a, developed, a developed face, more fuller, mature face. You know, Brother Alvy, you know, some of us is, is turning loose in their hair. Brother Alvy's is turning colors. Uh, you know, and we age, we age, we age, we and we change, yes, and right. we change, and life's given to change. And I think when we get to glory's world, and when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, seeding days are over. There's no more another seed. There's no more. And that, Sister Irene, we're going to reap our final harvest. Mm -hmm. And I want to go. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, you can make it, Sister Joy. We can make it. Yes. We can make it. Yes. We can make it. We can make it. At n in the nighttime when you're asleep, the enemy comes in, like the Bible said, and sows in your field bad seed. You wake up and it says, the enemy has sowed in my field. Hallelujah. You're not responsible for that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brother Daryl, sow good seed, brother. Harvest time's coming. Harvest time. It might be next week. It might be next month. But the, but it, the end's not the end of the book. Hallelujah. We're going to reap it, aren't we? Yes. Good harvest. God bless you all. Praise the Lord. Let's come in and pray. Let's come in and Thank you.